You're listening to Chew On That. And here's what we're chewing on today. I thought about what I wanted to talk about coming off of this like incredibly long series on the book of Ephesians. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wanted to do a series of messages on prayer because for every Jesus person, prayer obviously is essential. It's it's necessary, but unfortunately for so many of us, it's also confusing. It's, it's elusive. It's certainly unnatural. It's difficult. Sometimes it feels like the pursuit of prayer creates guilt or insecurity, animosity or angst. It feels like we can never pray enough. It certainly feels like we can never pray good enough. I don't know if maybe I'm the only person that feels like that. I feel like my prayers are are so small, or I pray like my prayers are so insignificant. And so last week I talked about relationship prayer versus rescue prayer. Today I want to talk about need in a message that we're calling the need you need. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we are discussing week number two from the sermon series, Teach Us to Pray. Again, my name is Pastor Keith, and joining me today, as always, and I love it as I say, as always, because next week he's not going to be joining us. Pastor Dallas, our kids' pastor. Hey, brother, how you doing? Uh, no, sorry, I was, I was trying to. I was gonna say there is no Dallas. It's just Hulkamania. But I, I, I thought that was more Macho Man. No, it, Macho Man is hard. You got you go the cream of the crop. <laughs> the cream of the crop. It hurts my voice. I, like I can't do. I don't know how he did it. I was like that hurts. Yeah, yeah. You could see in his face too if you Ooh, watch yeah. old '80s WWF videos. You, and <laughs> Dallas Someone chokes himself Dallas up. A glass of water. Please. Also oh, joining. Us is Megan. Uh, Hi, guys. (laughs) Give us your best macho man. No, thanks. (laughs) I'm going to save my voice for the podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, you guys should hear me after I go to a Packer game, though, because I will cheer so loud. I will lose my voice the whole way home. You know, you're like coughing and like kind of talking like this because like. I could, so I, could see, I could see Megan like Freaking. in the stands just being like, what is going like? Like, like I could yeah. see her being I let out. I let out some energy. I think at a Packer game, you, not that you, I care that much, but do you, you know. fully understand the, the rules of football? I mean, there's something, okay. I mean, I'm not like an analyst. Well, but like, no, no. The only reason I want to say that yes. is because I just imagined you yelling. Is that good? <laughs> Was that a good thing? No. <laughs> Her husband, Kyle's like, just, just, Was that a touchdown? Just, just keep it down. No, he just, went out of bounds, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when they throw the yellow flag, is that, is that an extra point? Yeah. Is that good? We win? Why are we yelling? No, no I, un- I understand quarter, football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should say that in your Hulk Hogan slash Yoda voice. I think there was a hint of Yoda in <laughs> And so to my right, our guest was like, cool, cool. What, if, you can't even, I can't start talking until you, yeah. until you say who I am. Uh, <laughs> we have a guest today, uh, Brian Walters. He's a, uh, he volunteers in the, in the kids department. Yep. Yes. Is that a, it's a department, right? I call it a ministry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Walters <laughs> volunteers in the kids ministry. Uh, professionally, he is a business, uh, school business manager for the Howard's Grove school district. Brian is a, uh, He's been a part of Life Church for uh, almost three years. Yeah, three years. Uh, you 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 wrote it out with us through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You you saw what it was like pre-pandemic. Came yeah. back and and he's he gives kids sermons. Yeah, I mean yeah. Brian on. Brian's one of those guys that I'm sure if you've been uh, at Life Church in the mm-hmm. lobby, you you recognize Brian, right? Yeah. And and 
and rightfully so. He's a, a professionally speaking. I mean, he 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 he's been working in school districts the better part of his entire adult career, and uh, his just his heart to serve, yep. his heart to to educate, his heart to just be a good dude. Uh, can't go without saying on yeah. on, how, how, on how impressed I am with Brian uh, with Brian's character. So I'm really excited to hear his take on. On, uh, Thanks for setting the bar low for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really impressed to hear his take on the scriptures and yeah. stuff. And yeah. If they're not good, yeah. <laughs> email, yeah. email. Yeah. At, well, because it's his ministry, Dallas at lifechurchgreenbay.com. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what else? That's it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited to get into this this series. I, I loved it. Um, I actually hear some of myself in these clips because I was uh, in the front row. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some, some. Yeah. I do like when Dallas. Uh, has the opportunity to sit in for messages because like if I was giving the sermon, yeah. it would just, it would, inc- it would just encourage me yeah. like just every, and you do, you're going to hear Dallas a lot. If you hear, if you hear a guy go, come on, <laughs> stop yeah. it. Come on. Yeah. That's it. Dallas. That's yeah. Dallas. All right, here we go with the first soundbite. And, and so today I would like to propose to you that there is a need that you need. Need, sometimes God allows need. Need frustrates us. Nobody likes to have need, to be in need, admit that they need. Have you ever needed something and you knew that you couldn't supply it, you knew that you couldn't provide it, you knew that you couldn't repair it, you, and you needed somebody else, but you were too, maybe it's just the men in here, you, you needed directions. Sometimes you have a need and you don't want to admit that you have a need because, because for you to have a need in your life would make you feel like there is a deficiency yeah. in your life. Well, as I, I think as a guy, I, I'll, I'll start this by saying I'd like to hear Megan's take on, <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on that subject. Um, yeah, I would, I would honestly think that I think Megan should, should start this one. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because um, I, I was excited to hear your take on this, Keith. But um, <laughs> I could go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because uh, it's true. Like sometimes we, especially you older, and you you grow and you mature and you go through these things, you feel like you don't need as much. But then there's these moments in our lives where it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I still struggle with that mindset or that thing. And so it, it, it's, it's always good to know that we serve a God who's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know you're going to need me and I want you to come to me. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things that's is tough. And I guess as a guy, I, I, here's the thing. I'm actually not a guy who like goes, no, I got it. I always go like, we need to find a map. I, before map, you know, map quests, you print it out. I did that. I, I had the map out, which was, I always used to make the joke. Like, Why is it taking so long? It's like, it's only from here to here on the map. Like, it's just, it's just this far. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we're on a podcast. I just put like a, a really small indentation between my fingers. I'm like, why is it taking this long? So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen the uh, the, the poem Trails in the Sand? No. So no. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, the the uh, Footprints in the Sand is there's 
uh, a guy and he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's, walking yeah, yeah. On, he's walking on the beach. My mom had this on a blanket. And there's two, uh, you know, there's, yeah, a lot of people see that. I don't blame, wow. <laughs> I'm stealing, I'm stealing grandma's story right now. Yeah. Um, Tell you the truth, I didn't even register. I have it on the side of my, on my nightstand next to me. Yeah. <laughs> I so see it every day. This guy's going through these, uh, throughout his life, he's got, there's two footprints in the sand and one's his, one's God's. And he said, you know, the, the toughest times of my life, there was only one you know, set of footprints. And I, God, I can't believe that you, you would leave me during those times. And he said, you know, kind of the gist of his, during those times I was carrying you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I always love it when people say, uh, you know, especially non-Christian people will say, oh, you use God as a crutch. Yeah. And I love it when people say that because it gives me the opportunity to say, God's not a crutch. I'm, I'm riding piggyback. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not just a crutch. He's, he's everything. Yeah. And we need yeah. to rely upon him. That's, that's that whole, you know, sense of you need God. It's not yes. that you, you know, that he's a suggestion that he's like some of you, it's during those times, it's, he's, he's a need. Like if he's not there, like I'm a puddle. Yeah, yeah totally. That's good. And I mean, what I would have said is that, um, I've never understood the guy thing of like struggling with the, I can't ask for directions. Cause yeah. I'm like, I would be the first person who's yeah. like, I don't know where I'm going. I like Google is my best friend. And yeah. I, I never, um, even in like college and stuff would understand people be like, well, well I just don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you not know the answer? We have all of the answers in all of the universe. It's right yeah. here on my cell phone. I can yeah. show you. So, um, I've always been a seeker of information. Uh, and the same thing applies to God, right? Like when we don't know, there's an answer. It exists somewhere. We Come can, on. we can find it. Yeah. Uh, nobody is saying, no, you just, you got to sit back, but maybe we've been conditioned that way, right? We're like, mm -hmm. we um, shouldn't know the answer. We're not allowed to go to the Bible or we shouldn't be asking those questions because somebody good. told us so, right? Yeah. Um, and so getting that out of our head, like when were you told that, no, you, you actually aren't smart enough to go find those answers or, you know, again, you're not allowed to. Yeah. And it's interesting. You just said that phrase, when were you told to? Like that, we see that in Genesis where, you know, there's, they, they, who told you you were naked? Why did you think you could do that's this good. without wow, me? That's good. You know? And so that need to need, I think was so important because even God saw it in the beginning. I was just gone for a minute. Right. And these, and these guys were walking around going, we're naked. And they're like, what happened? I was just. Like it was just like five minutes. I just, I just went to the kitchen, yeah. got a juice. What, I know. what happened? I was just creating more stuff and you guys, come on. And so I think it's interesting like that there's that dynamic of like, no, I'm here. I'm, I have all of the answers you need. I have all the strength you need. I have all the wisdom you need, all the direction you need. You just have to come to me. I need you to need me. And it's, mm. which is so true. And I do, I agree with Megan. I look, I, maybe I've seen too many scary movies as a kid. And I'm like, if we get lost, this is when the killer comes after us. So I don't want that to happen. Yeah, never so. run upstairs. <laughs> that, that, it's that commercial where they go like, should we go hide behind oh, the yes. chainsaws? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a car yeah. right yeah. there. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's no time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I don't know where I fall in on, on either one of those. I know that I often don't try tasks that I, I don't believe I can complete because I don't try those things because it's like, I can't, no, I can't do that. I need to hire somebody to do that. But then if I get caught in certain situations, like if I've already invested enough time and it's already frustrated me to like, once I get past 10% frustration, then I'm like, no, I want to do like, cause now I'm you being challenged. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I got it. And then, and then a uh, hour later of screaming. And then it's like, I can't do this. I need to hire somebody. Um, but I don't know why that, why, why 
why that's coined as like a, a is, guy thing. Is yeah. your wife, Jenna, is she the opposite? Would she like take on a big project? Uh, and- Jenna takes on big projects all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, but she sees them to fruit. And she, I would think she's probably actually more in line with that, with that mentality. Like she's been building a kitchen table for, mm-hmm. um, I think three years and it's in the basement. <laughs> and like every, every couple months when I trip over like one of the logs, like yeah. it's not a log, it's a piece of wood. Um, when I trip over like part of it, I'm like, you know what? If you don't have that finished in three weeks, I'm just going to buy a kitchen table. Cause we, we, we moved into a nice house about five years ago and we still have our kitchen table from our, our tiny two bedroom ranch that we started in. Yeah. And like, so we have this tiny table that, I mean, the kids, it works. It's, it can seat four, no more. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think when them kids, you know, get another three years, that, that the table's not going to work. Yeah. Right. So, but we've, Jenna said, I want to make this table. And uh, so she went out and bought the wood, got the plans. And every now and again, she'll do just like a little bit. Uh-huh. But like, no, I think Jenna, to answer that question, no, I think Jenna is actually more, uh, more stubborn in that regards. Um, I assume when the table's done, it's going to be a really, really I nice I think it's going to be incredible. And, yeah. And you know what? If, we're, if I'm still hosting this thing, mm-hmm. I will let you guys know when that <laughs> table's done. <laughs> so if you, if you don't hear back from me on it, the table is still in pieces down in my basement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will, I will, I'll celebrate it. I'll open it up. Hey, thank you for what, listening to chew on that. Hey, Guess my what? table's done. <laughs> We're going to find out how many people at our church listen to this podcast by going to Jenna in the lobby going, Hey, you know, I built a lot of tables. Yeah. So if you need <laughs> my you help. Need <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You're going to get wrecked for we, we have, yeah. we have like hundoreds of people that listen to this a week. Yeah. If anyone can build a table. <laughs> I have like, I'll, I'll, do le- it for, I'll do it for free. The legs look See, like they're done. Yeah. <laughs> I have been trying for for years to convince my husband, I want to buy a fixer upper house. I'm like, I will, we're going to chip and Joe it. Okay. Chip and Joanna Gaines. I will, I will grow my hair out long. I mean, it's pretty long now. I will dye it brown. I'm going to wear flare jeans and I'm going to fix up this house. Hey, like I, I'm going to be Joanna. I like flare jeans. I don't know. I don't understand why they went away. They're oh, they're very much back in. Oh, they so, are. Oh yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And my husband's just like, but it, babe, if the floor creaks, I I can't do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but it'd be an older house. Yeah, to, to, to circle it just a, li- a little bit, you know, right. I, when I, when this uh, sermon came out this week, I'm, you know, I was there at church and listening to it, and I, and I kept thinking, you know, when, when talking about, like, the need to need, yeah. and I kept coming back to, like, I wish I, I wish I could demonstrate my need for God the way that my kids demonstrate need for me. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That's you know, good. When, you're, when you're a kid— you look at your parents as the the be all end all. Like they yes. are they are on the podium. They can provide anything for you. Mm, yeah. And you know, as not everybody's the same place in their their faith walk. Mm-hmm. And some people have a child are still in the infancy of their of their faith. Yes. Right. So you could have you could be coming to church for twenty years and still be like an infant in in your faith. Yeah. Right. You you, you went to church. You checked the boxes, but you never really. I've had people say, "Well, I'm a Christian." But when you look at their life, they don't live for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can say you're a Christian and check all the boxes and not be where you need to be. So when you're young in your faith, sometimes it's easier to demonstrate that need than if you've been a hardcore Jesus person oh, yeah. for yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can you can trick yourself into thinking like, well, I've got this together. I've been doing this yeah. for a long time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or so, I should have this together yeah. because right. I've been which, doing which this Which makes for it harder time. to ask for yes. f- from people because you're like, well, especially when you're in a, a position of leadership. When you're in a position of leadership, people like almost expect for you to have this like perfect persona. Like you have to have everything together. How, how, and, you, and you have this self-doubt 
Like, well, how can I be leading other people and I don't even have my stuff together? Right. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, who do I ask for help for? Like, if I go to this person for help, are they going to be judging me and thinking like, why? You have all those things that can go through your head, especially in, in leadership. And, and as a parent, you're the leader of your family. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, the, the you, you've been here for a minute. So you think that you've, you're above the point of asking for help. I, I, I love that. I mean, that's that, that early in the faith when, when that excitement, that, that cloud nine, that, um, yeah, I often like, I can't forget that. Right. And there are times where I have to check myself, uh, and remember that, that overwhelming feeling of freedom and, and love that I had in the beginning of this. And yeah, the world can, the world can get in your head and snake around there and say, Hey, you don't, you don't really need help. Yeah. Right? You could probably figure this out. It's it's somebody when 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 their faith really clicks when they've when they've just started being a Jesus father and you see they're on fire for the Lord. They're on yes. fire for mm-hmm. they're they're relying upon God for everything. They're seeking Him out in all different ways, and it's just that I'll call the childlike faith, um, and leaning on God mm-hmm. in time of need. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But sometimes God gives us need in our life because when you have need in your life, you in turn need God in your life. Thing Isn't there something in you that loves to be needed? We love the thought that my spouse needs me, my kids need me, my boss needs me. We, We innately love to be needed. In our marriage, Pastor Sonny and I, we were going through a through a difficult time. And so we went, we went to another pastor for, for marriage coaching. You call it coaching because we didn't want to act like we needed counseling. And so we, we went to marriage coaching with another pastor. And in the first conversation, he, he was so, uh, so matter of fact, so frank. He looked at me and he said, Sean, she just needs to know you need her. To which I replied, but I don't need her. And it was like I punched her in her stomach, like the air was sucked from her lungs. But my point was, I would not die without her. I survived for 22 years before I ever put a ring on it. I mean, I mean, I, I can boil water. I could grill some grilled cheese. My point was that I so ineffectively was trying to make was that I didn't need her. I wanted her. And in my mind, that was much better, but I was missing the entire point because I do need her. She's the sugar and my Kool-Aid, the cheese and my grits, the PB to my J. Without her, I'm incomplete. Without her, I'm not me. Conversely, you may think you don't need God. You have a job, you got a car, you got a little money in the bank, but you're missing the point. Without him, you're incomplete. Without him, you're not who you were meant to be. So sometimes he allows need into your life. He doesn't create the need, but sometimes he allows need to come into our lives. I I love that he said that because as a dad, as a husband, I love to be needed. And there's one thing that I am like the master at in my family, which is finding things. Like, I I don't know why I, I have the eye for it right now, and, I, and I'm excited for that, but there are times where my kids go, Dad, I can't find the remote. Can you just come help me find it? And I find it in seconds, and they're like, how'd you do it? And there is, there, even though I'm an adult, there's a part of me that's like very like, yeah. 
I am the finder. I do find things. And so there is a joy in that. So as a earthly father for my heavenly father, which I, I, in turn, there are some times where God will reveal things to me. And I, and, I, and, I, and I love that too, that sometimes I'm trying to find reason and I'm trying to find purpose and I'll try to find it on my own, but I have to stop and go, wait a minute, why am I trying to do this on my own? I'm, I just got to go to God. And I think that's, as a father, I get that so much now that we just have to get to a point where we, you know what? I keep going in circles about this. I need to stop and just go, God, I need you. I need you right now. I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to give me strength. I need you to give me clarity. I need you to give me, you know, direction. I, I need you to remind me of scripture. I need, you know, or, or he'll say, he'll push me to scripture. Just, you know, look, I, I don't know if you guys ever said this because, you know, I don't have the whole Bible memorized, um, but I get the, I sometimes get the words to Google scripture on, scripture on blank. Because mm-hmm. I need, I need strength over this thing right now, you know? And so, and then I look at the list and I go, nope, nope. Yep. That's the one I need right now. And I'll read it and I'll read it and I'll write it and I'll study it. Um, and, and everything like that. And then if it says anything about, um, you know, a fact, I go, okay, I want to do some research on that fact. I want to see the reality of that. Cause then it brings more light to it. And so, but that all comes in moments where I go, why am I trying to figure this out on my own? Like, I just need to go to God with this. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, it's helps a ton. Yeah, uh, the and I, I I say this a lot because it's not for anyone in particular, more than just for myself. That um, I can't, he can, so I'm going to let him. Yeah, like my entire faith walk has been a a long extended practice of I can't, he can, so why don't I let him? Yes, I'm going to let him. There are times in my in in my uh, in my in my recovery in my in my faith walk that uh, one of those elements was gone, like. Like I can't, he can period Mm -hmm. or he can, I'm going to let him, but I still think I can too, you know? And so that's a, it's life for me. And, and I'm in in the latter part of my thirties. Life for me has just been proved in, in this last 10 years of my life that it's just a gigantic trust fall over and over and over again. And, you know, it's just a trust fall in every aspect, like finances, relationships, depression, uh, faith, um, my ability to submit, my ability to listen, to learn. Um, it's just one giant trust fall over and over again. And when I stop trying to fight the fall back, the just fall backwards into, into the arms of the father, when I stopped fighting that and just did it, um, yeah, there's uncomfortable falls. There's un- there's scary fallbacks, but they've never proven to not yield fruit, yeah. you know? And like Dallas, I, I don't have the Bible memorized either. I, I realize that I have a lot of the idea of like the stories. Yes. I have them. Oh, when I did my first pass on the Bible mm-hmm. uh, years ago, I realized that just by accident, I knew a lot of the stories yeah. in there. And uh, I just didn't know where they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know necessarily how they pertained in the grand scheme of the history of man. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I'll do that too. I do that a lot. Like, yeah. uh, I, I find the, the verse of the day in the U version Bible app. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find that it talks directly to me and oh. I wonder if it talks to anybody else. Oh yeah. But There's- like the last two days have been eerily creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, like almost like when I'm on the, like when I'm on it, like almost dropping the phone, like, Oh, yep. Like scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that everyone else has that because 
and I know, I know, I know a lot of people have to, cause our God, our God is so yeah. brilliant. Our God is so impossible mm-hmm. that he makes this app that millions upon millions upon millions of people have like millions yeah. with an M if yeah. not billions with a B, yeah. but yet verses of the day are directly talking to me one of his children. Oh, it's alive and active. I mean, that's where you were reminded that this isn't just a book because if it's, if, if the words are speaking in me, it's yeah. like, wow, this is more than just a book. This is alive and active. And I agree with you because, but the crazy thing about this is all four of us could read the verse of the day. And I guarantee all four of us will have a different approach on it. And that's what makes it powerful and not something that you can read once. I remember someone tell me that you know, I was at a, I was at I read a, it once. I was at a Sonic and I was, and, and, you know, we were talking to someone about Jesus and she's like, yeah, I read the Bible once. I was like, once <laughs> I was like, what? I read like, that old story. Yeah, like it's not a Harry Potter book. It's like more than just something you just pick. You know, this is a daily thing for me. I can't just read it once. I have to read it again and again and again and again and again. And the same thing as Keith was saying, trust falling into God. This is very countercultural. This is not who Americans are. We are self-made. We are self-reliant, right? Like we can do stuff on our own. We can get it figured out and like get from A to B. It's the American dream. You can can be anything that you want to be. And so we kind of- kind of have to destroy that in a way, take out our pride and say, no, <laughs> that's not who we're supposed to be in Christ. We're supposed to be constantly going to him and constantly being built up by him. We're not able to figure it out or do it all on our own. We can't um, build our dream life. We can't have all of the cars and all of the houses. I mean, all you have to do is just study a couple of celebrities to find out that that really just does not work well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm also, uh, you and whatever your, the struggle is in life or whatever thing, it could be things going well. I'm also a a Google verse uh, (laughs) person, but what I like to do is, you know, I'll, I'll Google a ver, you know, you know, uh, on, uh, you know, humility. Yeah. And I'll kind of look through the verses that they, they list like, Oh, top 10 verses on humility. And then I'll go to one that really resonates with me. And then I'll go to my life application Bible. You know, you mentioned how, you know, you can read it and all four of us can read the same verse and come up with four different things. And that's the same thing with, you know, that I like to get the take of somebody else mm-hmm. rather than just my own perspective on what it means. So it's, you know, taking a verse and then what's the, what's the meaning behind how it was playing out at that time? Because it's very, yes. it's very easy to, to read a verse out of context. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, you know, there's verses before and there's verses after that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I like to take it, go to the life application Bible, see what the perspective was from, um, I think the one I use is like the Takarta, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, my source for digesting what, what it actually says, but looking at it from, from, uh, pastor Sean's perspective and like, I didn't need Sonny. Um, I think in some ways we're kind of taught that way a little bit, like, you know, God's supposed to be our number one. Mm-hmm. And then there, then the next is, you know, if you're married, your spouse, but yeah. there should be a big gap. Yeah. Like God's your number one and you should never be mixing in what, what spouse thinks, what spouse does, all those types of things in with what God wants. Yeah. God's number one. You lead your life based upon what he says, not necessarily based upon what spouse is. And that, that might create some conflicts. Yeah. But that's, that's what life is. That's how you, that's how things shake out. So big gap between God and spouse and then spouse to kids and then mm-hmm. kids to, to others in your life. Yeah. And God really reveals himself through need in different ways for different people. Yeah. You know, for me, how 
got, it's shaken out has been through career changes for sure. And through relationships with my kids, I got four kids. They're amazing. They're eight, five, four and 18 months. Mm -hmm. And, um, through that for me, but for other people, it can be, it's in different ways. And, and that's why it's so unique. Cause you can't really say, well, for me, it's this, it should be the same. It, it's, you know, God knows me personally. I know him personally, and he knows what's going to get specifically to me. So for me, if, if my struggle is pride, that's going to play itself out in how he's going to uh, put need out there. Yeah. You know, because he said it's like, it's not like he's using it to punish you. He's using it to reveal himself so that you understand his goodness yeah. and his love and his mercy and his grace for you and all the things that you mm-hmm. you do and the ways that you mess up and the things that you need. He knows exactly what we need before we even know what we need. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, I, I When I heard that clip, I, I thought like, you know, like when you watch a, a, a courtroom drama on television and like want to like say like the defense, like says something really sh- like really off the wall. And then one chimes and goes objection, your honor. And then the judge goes, I'll allow it, but get to the point counselor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. that's like how I, how I heard, how I heard that. Like God isn't necessarily giving these bad things to you, but he's definitely sitting back saying, I'll allow it. Looks to, looks to the enemy, but get to the point quick here, you know? And the yeah. point sometimes is, you know, as, 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 as this, as the next few clips play out, you know, it's, um, God will say, yeah, yeah. If you want to play, you want to play with, 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 with this, with, with this child, fine. Cause I trust that what he's going to do is going to lead people to me. So as God, as a teen and with, with my God, uh, journey, I, there were times where I looked up at the sky and said, why, why, what, you know, in, I thought that, that like, I was like a punching bag. You know, like, like he's up there and he's kind of just like, well, let's, let's see if, let's see how he reacts to this and just how bad things upon bad things upon bad things just kept happening. Uh, and like now as an adult, as a, uh, as a matured, uh, Jesus person, I look back at every one of those little elements, those little life lessons and said, well, they've prepared me for just this moment without any of, without even one of those, I would be a completely different human being. And God's said, you know what, I'll allow it, but let's get to the point here. And the point was, you know, I'm not going to walk into brain surgery without going to school for a long, long time. I have to school. And how is my faith any different? I can't, I can't lead people with the effectiveness that God wants me to, if I have not gone to school for it and my, and my life, my circumstances, my uh, endeavors, those were going to school. So yeah. If I want to speak to the broken, uh, it, it would it would make a lot of sense that I first had to be very broken right. to speak their language, or else I'm just walking in a land not knowing the language. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just drop myself into a country not knowing the language, how am I supposed to communicate with anybody? So God said, "Cool, I'm going to teach you that language, and I'm going to teach you it thoroughly. You'll be very fluent in it. So when I drop you in that land, mm-hmm. you'll be able to speak to the people. Well, and, and to speak to that, that's why it's so important as as somebody who you know, is, is a leader of people, whether it's a, a life group leader or whatever it is, we, we always feel a sense like, especially, especially, especially guys, guys are like fixers, right? Mm-hmm. You see a problem, like I'm going to fix it. Yep. And you want to, and, but people want to help other people. And sometimes it's stepping back and understand like you may not be the right person 
to help that person. Yeah. Because if you can't speak the language, if you can't relate, like somebody will look at you and be like, you've never been through what I've been through. How, you know, there's, 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 you know, you can drop wisdom on somebody and, and it can be correct, but the way that it relate, you know, the way that that person relates to it isn't going to be the same because they're, they're not going to see you as walking through what they, they walk through. And that's why I've been very, um, I say this, this is a weird thing to say, but I've been very lucky to have gone through a lot of struggles in my life Yeah, because it's given me a lot of opportunities to help people now. Yes. And that's another way to look at need. Like, Hey, God's putting something out there for you and he's trying to refine you because we're all like pieces of jagged rock or jewel. And we all have jagged edges that over time are being smoothed out. They're being refined. We're never going to be this perfect, perfect gem. But over time, we're kind of just, you know, figuring out, we're getting smoothed out and God puts people in our path mm-hmm. that we can use the things that we've gone through to, to help other people. And so every time there's something that's like, I need God, like there's something I'm going through. My perspective has changed, especially over the last like five years, I'll even say, because I've yeah. I, I've really started living for the Lord like the last 10 years of my life. And really the last five is when things are like, you know, God's knocked things into my head enough times. I'm like, okay, um, you're being, th- this is, you're, you're going through this for a reason. You're going through this for a purpose and it might even be for you. Yeah, It's going to be for somebody else that you're going to be able to help, but you need to be cognizant of whether or not you're the right person to interject yourself in somebody else's life. So awesome. good, Brian. Book of Job, incidentally, is the oldest book in the Bible, uh, which tells us that from the very beginning of this book, God was establishing and communicating the concept of allowing need into our life. It says, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. God was saying, this is a God dude. This is a good dude. But then in verse six through eight, it says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth among it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job. Let's just pause there for a minute with a dangling participle. Have you ever thought about the idea that God offered Job up? Have you ever felt like God offered you up? You ever felt like God put you on the altar of sacrifice to prove a point, to prove that you were small, to prove that you needed him? But here's what he was doing. Of all of the people on earth, God trusted Job the most. And sometimes when you have a need that is presented in your life, it is because God is trusting you. God is trusting you to be tested so that someone else will see that you passed the test. And so because you passed the test, when it comes time for them to take the test, they'll believe that they can pass the test too because innately, we always think we're better than somebody else. And so they figure if you can make it with your little sorry self, then they... So God is trusting you sometimes. So he's like, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth. Come on, man. If this could be the verse of your life. There's no one on earth like him. Come on, somebody. So good. I mean, right now I'm leading a life group and we're studying the book of Job. And it is such a complex book if you don't really dive in and like get your 
teeth into it mm-hmm. um, because it's complicated and it's confusing. And you're like, why is this happening to poor, upright, blameless Job? It just doesn't even make sense. But like, I love that pastor stops right there because first of all, he was blameless and upright. And so that gives us just some words to kind of tuck into our brain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we living that way today right now? Are you being blameless and upright? Okay, and then let's move on. So his friends come in and they say, Job, your family's dead. Your mm-hmm. cattle's gone. Your land's burning up. Like we don't, you have you have done something very wrong. Yeah. God has turned his back on you because you are not blameless and upright. And that was never true, mm-hmm. uh, never true at all. And so um, we, we learn that there are some truths that the friends are saying, but essentially they are not speaking uh, God's truth to Job. And um, even his wife tells him, curse God and die, right? Wow. So um, Job is, is very interesting. And I, I love that we're going into this. Yeah, I, I, I love what he said also about sometimes a person needs to see you get through it to where they go, okay, maybe I should try this. And I've seen some stories where, you know, where people have said, you know, I wasn't about this Jesus thing until I saw my daughter get all about it and see the transformation in her life. I wasn't about this Jesus thing until I saw my brother go through this really hard time. And I assumed he was going to do this, but he went to God and the words he said, I was like, okay, this, he has to be real. Cause, cause because there's no way you would still stay faithful if it wasn't real. And I think that's what's trying to find. I think that's really what people are trying to find out. Is this Jesus thing real to you? Or is it just something that you're, you know, leaning on or going to, or it's just, you know, a crutch, you know, like Brian mm-hmm. said earlier, is this Jesus thing real to you? And, and I think transformation and life change happens sometimes through like you said earlier, like through us going like, yeah, like I went through this so I could help people through this. And God, you know, um, you know, uh, allowed, didn't do, but allowed this to happen because he knew it would refine me and strengthen me and that people are watching me and seeing how I react and seeing how I respond because that's going to be confirmation for them enough. Mm. Yeah, you'll see um, athletic teams, and coaches of of teams that haven't haven't gotten to the state championship or the you know haven't gone to state will take their team there. Yeah. And like why are they why are they doing that? So they can see what it looks like, mm-hmm. so they can see what it feels like, and so they can they can watch and see what it takes to get there. And that's the same thing when you see people go through a struggle and you see that they they come on the other end okay. It's like you feel comfort because you know it can happen. Yeah. And just the belief and, and being able to have the hope, and that's a huge word, hope. Mm-hmm. To see somebody else go through it gives somebody else hope that, you know what, if I'm struggling with depression and I know that there's somebody else going, going through it, <clears throat> that it gives me hope that, you know what, I don't have to give up. I can get through it too. Yeah. And just being, able to, just being able to see it is enough for people to just have that glimmer, to mm-hmm. glimmer of hope. I mean, just think of, just think of what Jesus went through dying on the cross. Yeah. Okay, so if he can go through all of that, get whipped, get brutalized, get spit on, all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. he went through all of that, and you're asking me to not act like I'm crippled because I changed jobs? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Like, really? That's that's where I'm going to go with that? So just being able to see, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be struggle in mm-hmm. the exact same area. It can be just be struggle at all. Like, wow, you went through all of that, and Job's a perfect example. Like, yeah. I would love to say and sit here right now and say, 
yeah, you know what? If I did that, I wouldn't have cursed God either. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. Or if I was Peter, I wouldn't have denied God three times if I were in that mm-hmm. position. Of course not. He didn't, you know, it, it's very easy to sit there and say that you do the same thing or you do the, the opposite thing, but it's another thing to actually be put in that situation and do it. But seeing somebody else go through it and, yeah. and come on the other side, okay, gives you hope. Yeah. Um, so this last, uh, basketball season, uh, my favorite team, uh, lost to, uh, my favorite city's team, <laughs> you know, uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, lost to the, to, to the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. And, um, but one of the things I loved about that is there's a time and they have cameras on it. And I love my team's head coach, Monty Williams. He's a Jesus guy. I just love it. Cause, and you could tell like it's going into the team because they th- they say things words like culture and stuff like that. I just love it. But there's a time where it's recorded. They were celebrating. The Bucks are celebrating. Monty comes in and he congratulates him because you guys did really, really good. Did really great. And he says, I'm, my team will get through this. They needed to know how to lose so that they can win. Yep. And I was like, oh man, that's good. And so even as a fan, it excited me. Yes, we need to know how to lose so we can get up and, and, and win. And so I just, it, 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 it reminded me of that. Sometimes we have to go through stuff mm-hmm. so we can go, okay, I'm, one, I made it through. And two, I learned a lot from this. Yeah, that's good. One of the things we've been talking about uh, in the group is what is the rock in the stream that you're holding on to? Stop it. What is the thing that you, when this stuff comes up, when you lose the game, mm-hmm. do you look at that obstacle in your way and say, there's nothing on the other side, man. God put this mountain in my way and that's the end of it, right? Wow. Like I'm going to curse God and blame God because I'm hurt. Or are you holding on to something when those waters are coming? Are you, what is the thing that you're holding on to? And everybody's answer is a little bit different, but I'll tell you what it all boils down to is time with God yes. and time yes. spent in God, in his word and in understanding his His purpose and plan for your life is for good. And when you start speaking that over your life, when you start speaking that over the mountain, man, it crumbles. The enemy has no hold on you anymore. So we claim joy over those things actually, right? Mm -hmm. We can't, we claim joy over that loss. We claim joy um, over the suffering because there is good within it and behind it. If you can just look around it. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either we, either you believe we're in a spiritual war that has been battling for centuries and millennia or you don't mm-hmm. um if you don't believe we're in a war then the the bad things that happen in this life are probably happenstance for you they just are what they are but if you do believe that we are in a spiritual war in, in which i do then then they're they're going to be casualties on both sides of the fence um i i remember in school and i i've referenced this in this podcast before that um I remember in in school learning like multiplication and long division and then algebra and then trigonometry. And the the point of learning these step by step is that when I was in, when I was in trigonometry, I never, they didn't test me on multiplication anymore. They had assumed I know, I knew it. Um, in, in my life, as I relate that to struggle, uh, when I have a struggle that continuously over and over and over and over again happens, I often ask myself, what do I, what do I need to learn from this? In my experience in life, I haven't been retested on things that I have passed. Now other things will come that will compound on the initial test, but 
the once I pass the original test, God has never tested me again with those. Again, he'll give me a more advanced version of that test to see if it's stuck. I, I needed to know multiplication before I could have entered into geometry and trigonometry. But God doesn't creep hammering the multiplication test because I had already passed, you know. So either either we're in a war or we're not in a war. Mm-hmm. Um in in my times of sorrow, I could I could woe is me. Yeah. But yeah. you know, once you sign up for this for this God thing, once you sign up for living for Christ, um, you you aren't you are not you're no longer considered a, like a consumer. You're no longer a customer, right? You are now an employee. You are now a soldier. Um, and the more mentality I have that I have, I have not, uh, I'm no longer just shopping around the store. I now own the store. You know, I now need to manage the store. I now need to grow the store. Um, when I take that mentality, I, 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 I'm no longer a, a civilian. I'm now an enlisted soldier. I need to treat my battalion like we're going into battle. And that mentality has sparked more vigor in my, in my faith, more purpose in my leading and just more purpose in my life. When I, when I accept that calling and run with it. We live in a consumer culture. Are you a consumer of Jesus or are you a coworker? Um, and I can't take credit for that. I listened to a podcast and they were just talking about this. So when you said that, man, my brain was on fire with that because I, I loved that concept of, are you out during the week, no matter what your job is, are you being a coworker for Jesus? And at the end, are you coming together on Sunday with your, with your best buds, your other coworkers and you having a party, or are you coming in on Sunday because you're shopping around and you, you know, you want to buy a little bit of the Jesus time on Sunday and then, and then right. call it a day. Right. right. And so that is, that is so good because your whole perspective changes. It does. It was like, all I did was be blameless. And all I did was be upright. And you wrote this, this whole book where I was getting the fire beat out of me. My kids died, I lost all my stuff. I sat around in ashes. The only friends that I had were talking smack. My wife told me that I should curse you and die. And even though he was blameless and upright, he loses everything. He was put to the ultimate test, a test that he passed. But I want you to understand that nothing will ever be trusted until it's tested. So for Job, God didn't only supply the supply, he also supplied the need. He didn't create the need. But he did allow it because sometimes God allows need. So nothing can be trusted until tested. If that doesn't whack you over the head like a two by four, I don't know what does. Um, you know, I heard a sermon maybe f- five or six years ago at, uh, at New Life Church in, in Peshtigo and uh, Pastor Aaron Hubert, he was talking about this concept of, you know, t- uh, trusting God and being tested. And he said, you know, if you're in a, I'll, I'll relate this to careers, you can be sitting in a job that you absolutely cannot stand and wondering like, why am I still in this job? Like, why, is, why do I not get the promotion? Or why can't I, you know, I've, I've interviewed, why can't I get this other job? And, and, you know, sometimes God is looking to test you and see if you can be trusted with more. Can you do a good job at a bad job? So you can be put in situations and circumstances in, in, in your 
career path that you you're like, oh, this is this is terrible. Like I got to work overtime and swing shift and all these other things. But can I be tested that when when the conditions aren't perfect, when the conditions could be in fact poor, that I'm going to do the right thing, that I'm going to be the person seeking out others and treating them in a godly way, even though they may be spreading gossip or or complaining all the time or have sewer mouth, whatever it, whatever it is, can I be the person that can be trusted in that situation with something more? Because God has more for us, but sometimes we have to be put in that position to see if he can trust us with that. Yeah, yeah you, you, you'll be trusted with who you can be trusted with. And that's a phrase that's been going around um, our church, our church's staff uh, since coming back from the pandemic, right? Uh, in a perfect world, um, we would have come back and the numbers would have remained the same and we would still be a continuously fastest growing church in the U.S. Um, not for numbers, but for the sake of advancing the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, as a, as a, as a, as an employee of God, um, I like, I like that I'm a part of a winning team. Yeah. I, I like that I'm a part of a, of a battalion that, that is charging into battle. Yeah. And we have people backing us up and people wanting to be a part of that. That's an exciting thing. Pandemic hits and uh, we we open the doors back up and we start gathering again on Sunday. And and you quickly realize, uh, from my vantage point, I, I see it from, from the platform, from the stage in the band, that the, these are all new people. Yes. The, the, my, my, my friends, my, my, the people I fought side by side with in this thing, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They, you know, for whatever reason, people move, people go elsewhere, but you know, we are today trusted with who we're trusted with. The, the, the creative teams has turned over almost completely. Mm-hmm. We, I didn't know these people pre pandemic, but we're trusted with who we're trusted with. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could easily be a, well, this is, they don't, they don't, they don't do this as good or, or they do it differently or, uh, you know, than so-and-so or mm-hmm. remember back when. Yeah. But I know that God is definitely, absolutely judging how I personally react mm-hmm. to the, to the, to the people that have signed up for this army. Yeah. I know that I'm being judged with how I react, uh, with how, with my, with my, with my changing game plans. I know that I'm being judged and watched because you know what, if I can, if I, if I can be faithful with this, God tells me and tells me I will give you more. Yeah. But you need to prove that you're faithful of what I give you first. Yeah. yeah. I think in, 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 I don't think it's just in ministry too. I think in, in the job world is probably like that too, with so many people wanting to stay home and new employees coming in and they're, and you're going like, man, why does it look so different? And why is it? And, and I think because God is trusting us and testing us with, you know what? I want you to live outside your comfortability. I think that was the hugest thing that happened to all of us as a world is I want you to I'm going to trust you even when it's uncomfortable, you know, because I've heard this phrase and, and Brian, you've probably heard this phrase where it's like, Oh man, I don't, I don't even know some of these people. And we can look at that as a, a loss, like, Oh, 
why is everyone, you know, why do people move on? Why this? Or we can look at it as an opportunity to go, now I need to make new relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, don't say, oh, you know, I don't have any friends anymore. But then you're like, no, you, you can make new friends. Oh, yeah. And so I love it because even what you said, that platform view is, it's one of those things where you have to step back and you have to go, oh, look at all of these people that God wants me to help and minister to and, and do life with, you know, who are, are going to, I said this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, sometimes we can inspire people with things that are nothing to us, but bombs to them mm-hmm. where you're like, you just say something that comes off the top of your head and they're like, Whoa. And it's because they needed that. And that's, and so we've been trusted with people who God wants to help us, you know, help mature and grow and say, don't give up. I know you had a tough, you know, a tough day, but you're not going to have a tough life. And, and so, and, and to encourage and push and, and everything like that. So to look at that point of view is, is so huge. Just step back and go, no, 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 God, you, I, this isn't bad. This is great. And, and I have to sometimes step back and see the reality of that all. Well, and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we sit back and think the longer we do something, we study on it and we, we put in a lot of work on it that at some point it's just going to be easy. Right, because we we put in the work, like it's gonna be it's gonna be easy at some point, and the the reality is that's not gonna happen. Like we can become better at how we react to things, um, how we treat people, um, how our mindset works, but it's never gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. It might be easier to relate to, it might be re- easier to bounce back from, but it's never gonna be easy. And we we get lulled into that false sense of security that well. It's just gonna. It's just gonna be easy. And for people that come through the church doors, like I, I really love that we give so many opportunities for people to give their heart to the Lord. Yes. Because as somebody who is is volunteering at church, we have to treat every single interaction we have with somebody as if it's their first time. Yeah. If it's their one moment, because you never know. Somebody can be coming for to church for five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They came this week with an open heart to actually accept the Lord. Yes. And if we are the barrier between that because of how we react to somebody's poorly behaving child or or whatever it may be, your hello or the five hellos yes. that, that people will, will get be, from the time they first enter the doors to the time that they enter the, you know, the, to hear the sermon— it's it can it, treat every situation like it's their one time. Yeah, yes. and that situation has always been the test. Will you be Jesus with skin on, on. to somebody who needs? Jesus. That's always been the test, but I think the pandemic has taken the curtain off of that. It's lifted uh, the, the behind the scenes. Like now we see it, right? We see how people are really suffering, really hurting or before we were like, everything's great. Welcome to church. (laughs) We're having fun here. There There wasn't a whole lot of skin in the game. And like, we've realized now how much more is at stake because again, like he said, we're at war. And so if this hasn't woken you up to the fact that we're at war, Right. Well, it, it should have. We've had two years of realizing how hard this really is and how hard you have to fight. And you're right, Brian, it's not easy and there is no easy way out, right? But God is faithful yes. and he promises to be good to us. And again, there's a purpose and a plan. And so the battle is worth fighting. Uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And like, you can't afford to not play this game, yep. not even play the game, but you can't afford to not fight the battle for the Lord because you're right. People need it and they need uh to hear the good news and the message that you can share with them in the way that only you yourself could share it. Like That's you right. said. Yeah. yeah I, I remember the, the Sunday I, I gave my life to Christ. 
it was uh, the 4th of July weekend of 2002. I remember what the room smelled like. I remember what the room looked like. Uh, I remember in detail, graphic detail in my mind, what that, what that Sunday morning looked like, what I felt. And the thing I love to remind myself on Sunday when we, when the creative team gets in a circle and we pray for the service that we're about to step into, and it happens 15 minutes before the service starts, is I always like to remind the team and I like to remind myself that today is somebody's first. Yep. Today, is, today is the day that's going to, they're going to remember what the room smelled like and what the room looked like. Yeah. They're going to remember that feeling, that emotion. So if we want to walk and just kind of go through the motions, yeah. um, is that going to be the lasting impression? You know, but we don't. We have that opportunity to, to be a part of somebody's long-term memory, yeah. very long-term memory. And, and if you're listening to this and you're not involved at our church, mm-hmm. I can tell you that it's, it's an incredibly rewarding feeling. Yep. It's an incredibly rewarding calling mm-hmm. to be able to be a part of somebody's long-term memory. Yeah. Yes. If that Sunday had played out differently in that July of 2002, mm-hmm. would I be here doing a podcast today? Would yeah. I be... Would I be in the position I am? I, I don't know. Yep. I, I don't know. You, you, you think of all the things I was able to do through Christ and for Christ since that day. Mm-hmm. But had that day played out differently? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've come to appreciate like when you go on vacation and let's say you go to, you go to Disney and you go on a ride where they're, you know, they're taking you through the jungle and you have the, the person who's like the MC on the boat. Yeah. And they have to treat every single boat ride that they're doing multiple times a day for mm-hmm. multiple days in a summer yeah, uh, or even throughout the season and treat it like it's the, the first time they've ever given it. Yeah. Because the, because you will always remember it because it might be the only time you ever do it as a, as a participant, as a vacationer, and you're going to remember it the way that it's presented. Yeah. And as somebody in, in education, I'll relate it this way. You only have one first grade teacher. Most of us, unless you're like Homer Simpson, <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're Homer Simpson or something. Yeah. But uh, you have one first grade teacher. You have one freshman algebra teacher. You have one art teacher. Yeah. That that taught ceramics. Mm-hmm. You as a student remember who those teachers were. Yeah. And I can tell you, as somebody who was a teacher, you don't always remember every single kid that goes to your class. Mm-hmm. You have, in in some cases, I was a high school teacher taught business ed. Just in one semester, I'd have 120 kids. Yeah. One semester, second semester, another 120. Now it's 240. I taught you know for three years at 720 kids. You think I remember every single kid that went through my class? Yeah. But I can tell you every single kid that probably had me remembers Mr. Walters. Yeah. Mm. Yep. yep. So you have an, you have a unique opportunity when you're you're put in the path of somebody that are you going to be memorable? And if you are going to be memorable, in what way? Are you yeah. going to be the Jesus person? Or are you going to be the person who didn't have time for somebody and didn't have empathy for somebody who was going through something tough? So good. Yeah. What, what Jesus understood was my God shall supply all your needs before you even knew you needed them supplied. Yeah. So you may need healing today. 
You need to know it's coming. You, you may need peace today. You need to know that it's coming. You need provision. It's coming. But before the healing gets here, before the peace gets here, before the provision gets here, thank him for your daily bread. Thank you that he's going to supply what you need for that day to get you through that day. He'll provide people when you need people. He'll provide peace when you need peace. He'll provide power when you need power. But he's not going to provide power when what you need is peace. And he does that so that you'll look at people differently. So you'll look at peace differently. So you'll look at power differently because you'll know the same God who supplied the need. Not caused the need. But supplied the need. Also supplied the supply. The same God who didn't leave me then isn't going to leave me now. So if you keep track, if you keep record, if you just realize that there's a pattern to how this show operates, we only ever do four clips. And this would have been clip five. This is clip five. Um, In the email I sent to everyone that's involved um, in the podcast here, I send them the clips the day before and say, hey, these are, these are what we're going to talk on. Uh, I know there's five, um, but I think that the fifth one's really, really important because I think the fifth one in the story of this sermon brings it home that it, if, if I would say, hey, there's one and a half minutes of this podcast that you should rewind and listen to, it's that last one mm-hmm. that God can and will if he is sought. God can and will with you. You, whatever you've done, whatever has happened to you does not make you ineligible to receive. Yeah. God is using you. I don't know why. And sometimes if you go into it blindly and say, I don't know why either. Mm -hmm. The payout will be great. Yeah. In, in, in that July of 2002, I had no idea what the payout was going to be. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I knew what I didn't have. I can't tell you it's going to be riches. I can't tell you it's going to be homes or careers or yeah. I can't tell you it's going to be children. Can't tell you it's going to be success or mountaintops. In my experience, what I have gained from enlisting in this army mm-hmm. is peace. Yeah. Peace of mind. Sanity. Mm-hmm. And that would once that would admit then that at one point I was insane. Hmm. You know, God can't restore me to sanity if I don't first admit that I didn't, I was insane. Yeah. And I was. Yeah. A life without God was insane. Yeah. It was terrible for me. Mm-hmm. It was a, a living nightmare every day of my life. Yeah. And God has removed all of those things mm-hmm. simply by enlisting and doing what God told me to do. Yeah. Uh, that clip alone is why we need God. Because we think, I need healing and everything will be okay. But in reality, God says, no, actually, you need peace more. So I'm, this is actually what you need right now, even though the healing may not be here yet. You really would say, you need peace more. He knows you. He understands you. And so in those moments where you go, God, I really need this, but I'm going to trust you. That's what's great is God goes, you think you really need that, but you actually need this. And then you go, oh, thank you, God. You're right. You're right. I I, I relate to my son. 
my, <clears throat> when, uh, when our, my twins were born and I think I've said this story before, but my, my, we didn't know that Logan was going to have down syndrome. So when he came out, I was like, Oh, look, he kind of looks like he has down syndrome and they had to get a different nurse. I felt bad anyways. So when she said, yes, it looks like he has down syndrome, but we have to make it like official. We're going to have a doctor and do the diagnosis. And in between him, that doctor coming, I ha- I went through two stages of, of, um, mindset. One, I prayed every, I prayed all to my friends, everyone who could pray really well and said, Hey, I need you to pray that they're wrong. That was my first mindset. Cause that's what I assumed I needed. God say they're wrong. I'm praying for oopsie prayer. Like oopsie. Did we say down syndrome? We were just kidding. No, he's just, he's just got, you know, big cheeks right now. Things like that. I went from there to then God saying, don't pray that they're wrong, but don't settle on the diagnosis. I'm going to do amazing things in this diagnosis and I don't want you to settle on it. Don't focus on the facts. Your son's going to beat some of these facts and I will get the glory for it. So I went from going wrong to don't settle. And so when the diagnosis came, this doctor thought I looked crazy because he's going, yeah, well, I have some bad news. It looks like he has Down syndrome. And I'm just smiling and going, like, I looked in, like crazy. And they're, he's like, um, uh, we have some packets if you want. You know, they always give you the pamphlets. <laughs> we have a pamphlet if you want to have it. And, everything. and I was fine because I'm, and I even said to the doctor, I, I understand we're not settling. He was like, okay. And he, you know, walked out like, all right, weirdo. And, and, but that remind, that's one of the moments for my life where I thought I needed one thing and God goes, no, you actually need this. And I go, thank you. Yeah. Keith, you, you said something before about you were, you were insane. And if a lot of us have heard the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And it's so funny how you God really would reveal himself through that because we, we, we enter conflict. Yeah. When we're, when we're acting and saying we enter conflict and in conflict is that gap between our expectation as what should happen mm-hmm. and what actually happens. Yeah. So when we yeah. ex- set up these expectations as to how life is going to go, how my recovery is going to be, mm-hmm. how this relationship is going to play out, yeah. all these different things, we, we set up expectations and, and things as simple as, oh, when I get home, dinner's going to be made. Yeah, and then you get home and there's no plan whatsoever. The kids are cr- acting crazy, and all this, and all of a sudden there's this big conflict because you you expected ease. Yeah, and we, and a lot of times we live through selfishness. We set up these things in our head that are that we expect, mm-hmm. and we expect things from God a lot of times on how our life is going to go. Well, I've prepared for this. I've studied for this. I've done, I've gone the extra mile. I've put in the extra effort. Why isn't it playing out how I want it to play out? And we set up these expectations and we're surprised when there's conflict and when, when it doesn't turn out that way. Yeah. And that's where God's saying, no, you had a, you had a different need. I'm I'm trying to teach you something to break that conflict. And it's just a matter of us accepting that because if we don't, we're going to struggle for longer. Yeah. Yeah. The word that comes to mind is surrender. Mm, When I was, um, about to give birth to my son, I told God, I was like, I can't control this. I have to surrender to you. Right. And so no matter what happens, I will surrender. It was the same when I was planning my wedding. I was like, things are going to go wrong. And for some reason, this turns women into like bridezilla. It's like the flowers aren't correct. But like, (laughs) but I was like, you know what? I'm surrendering to it. Whatever happens, it'll be okay. Because I know that God has given me, uh, a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Right. Just 
like you were yes. saying, like it is okay. Um, and, and to approach that stuff with, again, that spirit of surrender, God, not my will, but yours yes. be done. Yep. You're going to avoid that conflict. Yeah, that's, that's great. And that's all, 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 all three of you. Um, well, great episode. Great episode. Um, I, I, that's, thank you for, thank you for being here, Brian. Um, Absolutely. I can promise you that you're going to be back again (laughs) very shortly. Very, very shortly. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Maybe next week. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thank, thank you guys for, for listening. Um, uh, The podcast went a little longer, about an hour, hour seven. Uh, But thank you guys for, for listening because um, I, I think, I think stuff like this, this podcast, this, um, what we're doing at this church, if you're a part of this church, what we're about to do at this church, I think it, I think it, I think it means something. It means something. What you're going through right now as a listener, and that could be any, any number of things, but it means something. It's not just by coincidence or accident that you're going through the struggle. And it's not by coincidence or accidents that you're going through this, this perfect stride. You know, there is one that has all power and is controlling all of it. And uh, if you stop and ask the questions, why every now and again, like, why now? Like, why now am I being blessed? Why now am I going through this turmoil? Um, you, you'll get that peace when you ask honestly to God, why now? Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And it was a great sermon and a great week. And I, I, I can't wait to hear uh, what we have going on next week. So thanks for joining us today on this episode of Chew on That. Hey, if you uh, if you enjoyed this episode and think someone you know may benefit from the topics we discussed, uh, share the podcast link um, on your social media platforms. Let someone know. Just word of mouth would be great too. Um, we'd also love it if you would rate and review the podcast. Uh, this is because with higher ratings, higher uh, reviews, five stars, um, it just it exposes more people to the podcast, and then ultimately it exposes more people to the life-giving message of Jesus. Again, my name is Pastor Keith, and we can't wait as a collective group, aside from Dallas, because he won't be here next week. <laughs> we can't wait as a collective group no, uh, to talk okay. with you again next week. Bye-bye! Bye! <laughs> Bye.